Ready. Allison, thank you for taking time to, to be interviewed today so that my patients can understand what you've written in your book. My okay. pleasure. Um, the book is How to Grow a Healthy Human. Did I say yeah. that all right? Uh -huh. Yeah. And tell, tell them a little bit about yourself. And um, I'm a pediatric chiropractor, and I specialize in, in detox and really um, cleansing the body um, so that it can work the way that God designed it to. And that's a little bit about me. I have a four-year-old and one on the way. But, um, yeah, so this book happened between those two. <laughs> um, Allison, in, in 60 seconds, um, can you tell me how to grow a healthy human? Uh, well, set the <laughs> clock, right? Um, really, I think the importance is is understanding that toxins are passed down for even up to four generations. But those toxins are stored in such deeper tissues that doing, you know, a colon cleanse or um, a, a juice cleanse or something like that is not always going to eliminate those things. Um, and one of the most important things, again, to understand is the toxins and what you have in your body is the environment that that baby will be grown in. And so we know that our environment impacts our health. And so looking at um, the health of our children and, and taking care of so many children, uh, sick and healthy, we've seen trends and, and we now understand that the healthier the mama, the healthier the baby. Excellent, excellent. We have n noticed in the, in the airway community of dentists and doctors that are working on that, I've had many lecturers say to me that we're just not growing our mouths big enough in the wound. So I'm really thinking that what you're talking about here about nutrition and toxins and all that stuff, helping that be proper or optimal will give the baby the best chance for having a mouth to develop to its full potential while in the wound. So we have a little less work to do when the baby's out, out. of the wound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell me, you're, you're passionate about women taking control of their health. Tell me why that is. Um, I would say that I've seen so many women, I'm sure you have too, well, not just women, um, families. We know and understand that um, we do have a medical system, and sometimes people can get lost in that, and they can just start um, doing what they're told and just following um, just those standard protocols. But um, a lot of those are invoking fear, and they're they're making emotional decisions and fearful decisions, um, and they're not really understanding why they're making those decisions. So it's really my goal to empower families but in this case, sort of women, um, with that knowledge so that they can, I, I mean, be empowered. Like uh -huh. you see the difference in someone who's making decisions based on fear versus the confident mother that knows what's going on. Um, man, nobody's going to mess with that mama bear. And she's uh -huh. going to feel good about what she's done for her children. And and then she teaches them lifelong uh -huh. health strategies. Mm -hmm. Just goes on for generation on generation. Yeah. Um, you you share some statistics about miscarriage and conception issues in your book. Can you elaborate a little bit on those for us? Yes. So um, these statistics are increasing very rapidly, um, even more so in the past two years, really. Um, so, well, one of the first ones that come to mind, too, is just reading about um, in the last 40 years, I believe, the sperm counts have decreased 50%, and that's not something that we're looking at. I believe it was the Environmental Working Group that did um, one of the best studies on that. Um, but now we're looking at one in four pregnancies or miscarriages. 
but then they also discuss, you know, that probably only half are reported. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. It's now said that only one in eight couples, or excuse me, one in eight couples will not be able to conceive. Um, and, you know, you, you think about, okay, all the babies you, you see and all the children, like, oh, it's not really a problem. But when it's your family and when you've planned a life of, of growing healthy little humans and then you can't, uh -huh. um, it's, it's devastating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's, unfortunately it's increasing. So uh -huh. I think that a lot of these things will be foundational so that whether people have started trying or whether they you know, maybe they don't even know they can't, right. um, they can build a foundation of health. So maybe they won't have to walk that road. Yes. Um, how difficult is it a woman to prepare a, uh, <coughs> for a, a woman, excuse me, how difficult is it for a woman to prepare to grow a healthy human? I would say it all depends on the mindset. Really, uh -huh. like, you know, you tell some mom, hey, you need to um, change your cookware and you need to cut this out and you need to cut this out. And it's just like this overwhelming thing. But I believe that if we do shift our mindset and our perspective and take one thing at a time, um, I don't know, for me, I would say, was it was it time intensive and, and you know, it costs money and, and all kinds of things? Absolutely. But I would never say that it was hard a day because uh -huh. it's just what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does it help for some women to, this is going to be a, a multiple year project? It or, depends. Or is it, it just sort of depends on where you're starting. It and, really does. And, you know, and what has been your family history? You've got sometimes some things that you're carrying with you, like you say, for from previous generations. Yeah. That sort of has to be maybe unraveled a bit. It does. So um, in the book and then and then online, I'm trying to get out this this quiz. Are you healthy enough to grow a human? Um, and we know a lot of people that are unhealthy grow humans, but I mean, are you healthy enough? Like, are you at a level where you can confidently grow that human? Um, and we kind of ask those questions and try to give people a starting point yeah. because it is overwhelming and it's, um, it is, it's, it's how healthy are you now? Like, what does your thyroid look like? What is, um, your toxicity levels? All of those things are really combined. Um, so for some, I think six months is is a great time to start. Maybe they choose to do the detox that we have that's kind of automated for people. Um, and then some people need some pretty significant coaching to balance their hormones and, and get the, the metals and, and infection out. Mm -hmm. And it's one, and, and there's going to be a, and there's a difference here between growing a baby and getting it out of the wound and growing a baby that's grown optimally. We also have this huge number of folks that are on the spectrum of, of autism or uh, other learning disabilities and stuff. Do you have any thought, pro any thought to share on that? I do. Um, so one of the things in the, in the section talking about organic food, uh, we talked about pesticides and I'll share a quick study with you. And, um, this is mainly, I, I believe that the ADHD is still classified as a mental disorder. Um, but what they did was they took 950 women from Denmark and they um, tested their urine levels during pregnancy. And then they followed the children uh, to even two to four years. And they looked at the prevalence of ADD and ADHD in those children. And they found that the specific pesticides um, were literally turning on genes for that condition to develop. 
Now we know there's a lot of factors involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's environmental, there's behavioral, there's just, I mean, so many things, but they're, they're finding that that really is impactful and simple things like pesticides, you think, okay, just like gets passed through the body. Um, but as it is passed through the body, it is shifting things. It's, it's dimming those codes or on or off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when you speak about pesticides, is that different for you and your thought process than, than the herbicides? I, so many of my patients who are in your profession that visit me feel like, like that the, uh, the herbicides that are in the farm environment where we're using um, uh, we all know, the, I don't want to say the drug, not the drug, but the, um, the chemical, but it's on every farm field. Do you find that to be part of the problem too? He cited several articles from Stephanie Seneff who has studied the glyphosate. The glyphosate. We can say that. <laughs> okay. That's the, that's the okay. proper name. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, who has studied the glyphosate in, in much detail. I mean, so many articles, um, and they're also finding that the glyphosate is driving the other, like the heavy metals and, and things into the deeper tissues. And when we say deeper tissues, we're talking your brain and nervous system, um, your bone, which we know, you know, every time you go through a life change, that gets leached. Like when you're growing a human, literally you're giving your all. Uh-huh. So things are getting leached from your bone. To um, the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then... Um, I mean, it it goes to their nervous system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fascinating. Just fascinating. I thank you for that comment. Um, What would you like to see our readers do with the information you share? Oh, my. I mean, my vision is just that um, it would be a common... Okay, how about this? If, if someone's pregnant, the first book that they think about getting, everybody, the, like the first thing that comes to mind is what to expect when you're expecting. Okay. I would love um, and feel honored to be a part of it if that was everybody's mentality. Like, I'm going to, I want to grow a family. Oh, I have to prepare for that. Uh-huh. That's nowhere on our radar. We're like, hey, we have to get our finances right. We have to get the right house. And some people get married and, you know, they just, whatever they need to do. And then they're like, okay, I want to get pregnant. Like it's not a it's not a health standpoint, but if we could understand that we're living in the most toxic generation known to man, um, and so we don't get to do it like our grandmas did. Uh-huh. Like we have to physically prepare. Um, we have to plan ahead. Okay. So I'd love that to just be on people's brain. Yeah, and what's the name of that book? Uh, it's it's the what to expect when you're expecting. What, what how how old is that? I don't know, but good book. It's yeah, it's it's something that just everybody. It's the go to. Um, so, yeah, I'd like it to be the, the go-to for preparation. Good. When is the best time for a woman? We totally covered this again, but I'll ask again. When is the best time for women to begin this process? Is it ever too late? I would say it's never too late, really, because even if you're done having your children, the information in this book is going to be, again, foundational. Um, and, and you know, let's say you have all your children, and then you can start removing toxins from your house. Um, and from their bodies and your body, that's going to help them and, and again, teach them foundational strategies. So it's never too late. Um, I mean, I would say anyone who wants to have children, it's also never too early. Uh-huh. Like, let's say you, you're nowhere ready, um, you're still in college or, you, you know, whatever, to be able to cleanse your body is, again, setting you on a different path of health. Excellent. Excellent. Um, where do you see how to grow a healthy human going from here? Um, well, one thing that I've done is I've, we've built out a course. 
to walk people through it. So sometimes just reading a book and doing what it says can just be overwhelming. Um, so we built a course with some videos, uh, and that's really where I would like people to just have that resource. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I'd love to have it in OB's offices and midwives, and I mean, I'm, of course, chiropractors like handing it to their to their people too, yeah. um, and dentists, yeah. just yeah. just anyone that that really values that that information and understands how the toxic levels are affecting our generations. Um, I think we can change children's lives, and that's where it's at, right? Yeah. When I think about my practice, and as I've learned about sleep apnea and all the airway challenges and the diseases of modern man that, that, that we face as a society, whether it's heart disease, stroke, diabetes, arthritis, all these diseases that are inflammational, a lot of that is tied back to just has, having poor sleep. And the poor sleep is tied to a small mouth. Yeah. And the tongue not having proper development um, or, or room for itself. And we have tongue ties and lip ties and things like that. That affects our whole fascia system and, and then can tie us down for the rest of our lives. Yeah. You know? um, but if we could address that stuff in the wound and before we conceive, I think we'd have a healthier human that pops out of the wound and then we'll have a better life. I really, I really believe and, that. And um, um, it's, it's just, but to, but to get the root of the problem, we got to go back to the wound or before the wound. So I really like the, your book and the, and the information it's Thank trying you. to shape. I just want something that I've been wanting to add to my knowledge and my ability to share to my patients. Because some of my patients are moms that have kids, and I'm like, well, I can help your kid, but if you're planning to have another kid, we can help you even earlier. Yeah. And and I have had no resources until I met you and and, oh, and, and, and and have your book. So I'm very excited to be able to share that with our patients. Thank you. So, um, are you going to be writing a second edition eventually? You know, I've thought about it. Just it's like <laughs> okay, now we have the tiny human. What do we do with it? Um, so that'd be a second book. Oh yes. You know, so yeah. one is you got to. What I mean by a second edition is you've got new research that you need to fill, oh fill oh. In. To the first edition. You know, I okay. would... So that would be a new edition, okay? yeah. but same title. And then another book would be, okay, now we got the baby. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love to do that yeah. because there yeah. also were, you know, other things that, um, I mean, even just my own timeline, I haven't addressed, like I haven't addressed my cavitations yet and, yeah. and some things like that. Um, so it's kind of like, hey, this is level one. Yeah. And then we'll take it to the next level yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should write a, that book from zero to three and then another book from three to six and another book from six to nine. I mean, I've got stuff that I think are foundational things about that I'd like parents to know about. This is what you need to look at your child. How is the mouth developing? It, yeah. You know, when they're six, are the baby teeth still beautifully straight and right next together? Well, if they are, that mouth's not big enough and it, because there should be space between all those baby teeth because the big teeth are significantly bigger at five and six. There should be a nickel's worth of space between every baby teeth. And I don't see that in, in patients very often. Okay. Yeah. So we know we got lots of small mouths and, and I think also parents need to know if your baby, or I should say your, your baby pops out of the womb 
as a nasal breather. We all are nasal breathers mm-hmm. pumping out of the womb. But somewhere along the line, many children start mouth breathing. And then that sets up a whole cascade of, of improper growth yeah. and development of the face, which then cascades later on into crowded teeth, improper swallowing, a long face, the airway doesn't have okay. enough room. And then we have this whole cascade of poor sleep that's yeah. now with the patient from for the rest of their life, you know. I had a patient ask me about mouth taping the other day, and I was like, yay! Like, yeah. you know a little bit about that. But yeah. it, there really is such a deficit of that information. Yeah. Um, to be able to collaborate on something like yeah. that would be yeah. Yeah. very exciting. Yeah. yeah, well, very good. Well, I want to thank you for taking some time to, for yeah. us to interview today. Thank you. And uh, we'll try and get this information out to more people. Okay, thanks. Right. Very good. Thank you very much.